Ladies and gentlemen, game four, Bucks, Hawks. We're breaking it down from a bet, from a player props, from a DraftKings player by player breakdowns, going through every single minute that we think we can find for each player to give you an edge, to give you an idea of what to expect tonight when you enjoy this game and when you put some action, when you wager, when you bet on it. Let's get into it. Happy National Camera Day as I speak to you through a beautiful camera right now to the beautiful people out there. So, Atlanta and Milwaukee. Let's not waste much time here. Let's get it right into it on the Atlanta side of things. They lose that last game, right? They lose that last game in a game where they led by 15 at one point early on. In a game where they were leading by five in the fourth quarter itself, Trey Young gets hurt, steps on a referee, twists his ankle at the end of the third, does come back in in the fourth, does not look quite the same. And although it was the Chris Middleton goes absolutely nuclear show in the fourth quarter, yes, that did happen. 20 points on eight of 13 shooting, had 13 of the Bucks' 18 shot attempts, Right? They go on a 25-7 to run to close this thing out. I mean, it was also part of that, the collapse of the offense of Atlanta, scoring four points in the final six minutes of play. And yes, that is correct. You don't have to adjust your earballs. In the final five minutes and 52 seconds, only four points were scored all by John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks. That's not going to get it done for you if you are Atlanta, and it didn't in this one. And yes, Chris Middleton goes absolutely nuclear. His total line was in 42 and a half minutes of play. I have him for 42 today, 38 points, 15 of 26 shooting, almost 58%, 11 rebounds and seven assists. He has that big game. He's a guy who, you know, everybody's hard and quick to harp on. This always happens, right? Everybody's quick to just jump at the throats of Chris Middleton for whatever reason. They want him to be the superstar when he's really just, you know, a top 20 NBA player alongside a top three NBA player in Giannis, top five, whatever you want to call him. Giannis in this game, you can say was just fine, although he was dominant. But if his name wasn't Giannis Antetokounmpo, you would see it as just fine. He was plus six overall, 33 points on 13 and 21 shooting 61 percent shooting the far majority of his shots at the basket as he should although a nice fadeaway jumper about a nine footer in the fourth quarter that he did make during that 25 to 7 run and now getting into today's game i expect those two big players to be a big part of the rotation again and there's going to be other pieces pieces that come off the bench that are going to be impactful like that last game for milwaukee in terms of Pat Connington playing 32.1 minutes in the game, only shooting three times, did shoot two of three. You know, there you go, got some things going. But he played well defensively. He benefited from the Atlanta Hawks going small ball down the stretch. That is right. Clint Capella played a whole goose egg. Zero minutes in the fourth quarter. And here's the funny thing, because Atlanta needed more offense to match what this hot Milwaukee team was doing in the second half in terms of overall shooting. They needed more offense. By taking Clint Capella off the court, you have more shooters on the court. You don't have to have one guy bogged down in the paint. You have more shooters to spread the floor. You can go pick and roll a little bit easier and dish it to an open three-point shooter or just more open shots. The problem is, you know, if you get those shots, you got to make those shots, and they only made four baskets in the final six minutes. They were outscored 30-17 to 17 in the fourth quarter. So the idea was nice. The execution, not so much. But Pat Connington, and this is a big old booty, but, 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 this is a big old booty, Pat Connington was able to stay into the game because Capella wasn't out there. They went small ball. Connington plays in that game. The final 17 minutes and 23 seconds, he picks up eight rebounds. He plays some strong defense, and he was a game best plus 25 in the plus minus. By far, a game best plus 25 in his 32.1 minutes of play. And you can see right now what I'm giving this team on the screen today in Milwaukee's minutes. I'm giving Pat Connington 28 minutes of play. I'm not as bullish on giving him a full 32 because... 
I don't know if Clint Capella just plays zero minutes in the fourth quarter in this game. I don't know if he plays the least minutes that he's played in quite some time in a game. Clint Capella only playing 27 and a half minutes. If he gets just decent fourth quarter run, call it half the quarter, he's going to be playing 33 and a half minutes. That probably takes Pat Connington off the court for a couple of minutes there as they're maybe not forced to go big. Maybe they go Giannis at the five, which is a productive lineup, but it probably shifts somebody else out of the rotation from a defensive standpoint. Maybe, maybe it's not Pat Connington as he has some size to it. Maybe it is somebody else alone those lines but i doubt it is somebody from the big three he's just an easy one to bump out i'm also giving bobby portis 16 minutes for the second time this series bobby portis played 16 and a half minutes he did play kind of in garbage time the last 45 seconds when they just needed a body out there so really he basically played 15 15 and a half minutes but for the second time in the series, second time in three games, Bobby Portis plays very, very well. He was solid. 16 and a half minutes, shot 7 of 12. That's 58%. He's a fan favorite. He ended up having a plus 17 stat line, the second best behind Pat Connington in this game. 14 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. He was dominant in his time out there. Very, very well. Very, very efficient. I'm giving him 16 minutes yet again today. He's in a player pool for me from a DraftKings perspective. I'm interested in his player props. I'm just not seeing much out there from a real point standpoint as of right now. And since we're talking about players off the bench, we said Pat Connington, good. Bobby Portis, good for Milwaukee. Brent Forbes, not so much. He's been struggling in the series. He shot one of six from the field in this game. One of four from three-point land. He's just shooting the most wacky, ridiculous shots off the bounce, off the dribble, and off the screen. He only played seven minutes. He played that poorly. Not great. Drew Holiday did struggle to shoot in this one. Was still distributing the ball, but it was the middle and Giannis show for the Bucks. Overall team stats from the last game and how I think they're kind of going to be affected in this game. You did see Brooke Lopez in game two play some nice drop coverage in terms of defense. Well, the fact that they didn't play center in the fourth quarter meant that Brooke Lopez, not because of his own defense, but small ball lineup, Brooke Lopez is able to leave the court or more likely leaves the court in those situations. Now, they just played well in this game. They shot 38%, but they ended up going 0-5 in the first quarter of the Bucks. So after that, they were shooting well over 40% from three. They had 11 fast break points to Atlanta seven. They only shot 57% from the line but shooting 51 percent from the field helps that out middleton with just knocking down jump shot after jump shot eight of 13 in the fourth quarter helps boost that up for the team the rest of the rotation is on the screen the big guys are getting the big minutes Giannis 41 middleton and juhade i projected for 42 brooke lopez 26 and pj tucker i'm still projecting to start at 33 not shocked to see pat connington enter the lineup at some point here but off the bench it's not much of a difference if he's going to get any sort of run i gave Bryn forbes 10 minutes of projected play and danny is on the decumpo and Dias one minute today now i do have a prop from this side of the game then i'll let you know what i have in terms of the over under or spread the prop that i have on this side of the ball is pat connington over fantasy points 13 and a half fantasy points is the line on price picks you can take it down below it is legal in a lot more states than you think new york and florida i'm speaking to you you don't have much options out there this is legal there you just take the over unders and for a limited time only during these playoffs if you use the code sal so you're going to use it during the nfl you already know you are you might as well sign up now and get the bonus if you use the code sal they will give you an extra $100, up to $100 to play with. Whatever you put in, they'll double it right there for you if you use the code SAL. It's the only way to get the offer of a Pat Connington over 13 and a half fantasy points. We'll talk about the other side of this uh, prop in a second. But Connington, I have projected today as it stands for 18.57. That's over a five-point difference, just barely, but still, five points is a lot. We went three of four on props yesterday. Zubak didn't play, so we didn't get to see if we got the under on him. But three of four props on yesterday during the video was good. We're going to take Connington over 13 and a half. My overall showdown interest right now from the Bucks in terms of DFS, DraftKings, FanDuel, SuperDraft, all that type of stuff. From a DraftKings perspective, it is Pat Connington number one, actually, right? He's only 3,200. Then Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton. Those are my four priorities. After that, PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Brent Forbes are all on a player pool. I don't have interest as of right now in Brooke Lopez at his current price point. I think he's about $1,000 to $1,500 
overpriced. So now we can talk about the spread in this one, and it opened at minus six with the Bucks, and now it's to minus seven. There's a couple of things to point out here. The Bucks have basically been, they were minus four point favorites on the road heading into this last game, and they ended up winning that game. They ended up covering, but it was very close the whole time, down 15 at one point. This might be just baked in with Trey Young, 2-1. They're still on the road. They get three more points now. They open at minus six. The market pushes it to minus seven. So we get two more points. That might just bake in a potential limited Trey Young in this game. So if you don't think that Trey Young will be as limited by an ankle injury, if you don't think it's as big of a deal, he came right back into the game, although it did not look as good. Also, it did not have time now to bruise and to swell up and to actually irritate him now with another day in between there. So if you don't think he's as limited, well, you're getting an extra two to three points in your favor than the last game out because the Hawks team for about three to three and a half quarters was looking better than this Bucks team out there in game three, even though they were four point underdogs. If you do think that he will be limited, well, then maybe the market's appropriate for you and you look somewhere else. Right now, I do lean to go to the Atlanta side of this one at plus seven since it has moved there. I have not placed that bet yet, but what I have placed is the over. I like the sign says, take the over. I placed the over 218 is where I ended up getting it. The over opened up, the over under opened up at 223. So this Trey injury knocked it down pretty damn far. It's now to around 218 and a half, 219. I snagged it at 218. I think there's a 218 still out there on FanDuel and Bet America if you want to check those out. But that's where I'm at in terms of this game from a general betting standpoint. I have right now the over 218 Milwaukee Atlanta game four. And with that said, let's get into the Atlanta side of a breakdown right about now. So on the Atlanta side of this one, we already touched on it, but Trey Young got hurt third quarter, stepping on a, a referee's ankle. He was not as effective in the fourth quarter, and when he's playing the final eight and a half minutes, and I tell you only four points were scored by John Collins in the final six, you can probably tell that Trey Young normally is going to get something going in the final six minutes, something at all. A layup, a mid-range jump shot, a, a deep logo three, do you shimmy? Nothing at all. Something was happening. He did finish 12 of 23 shooting, which is completely fine, 35 points in 39.3 minutes of play before checking out the final 45 seconds. So on pace to play, 40 minutes is what I haven't projected for today. And you can see right now on the screen, those 40 projected minutes for Trey Young in the column that says min, M-I-N, that is short for minutes, projections, P-R-O-J. So minutes projections 40 right now for Trey Young. The Hawks, here's the thing. As good as Middleton was, it was also a Hawks collapse in the fourth quarter. They were outscored 30 to 17 and those four points in the final six minutes. So you can tell me all day that Middleton was great, shooting eight of 13, 20 points in the fourth quarter. And he was. And a lot of them were mid-range jump shots, which are difficult shots, low percentage shots. He was playing very well. Credit to Chris Middleton. But you get outscored by 13 in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, and you're usually not going to have good things happening for you. The offense just fell apart. Bogdanovich did see more run, 35.4 minutes in that last game. I'm giving him 32 here. Although he saw more run, maybe that's an indication that he's getting a little bit healthier. He was not that effective with it. He shot 3 of 16. He was 18.8% shooting in this game, and he ended up in those 34.2 minutes being negative 2. So not even a plus minus of a positive. That's what happens when you only shoot 18%. The rest of the minutes on the screen, I have John Collins at 36, and there's something that we have to talk about with John Collins that is important in this game. John Collins picked up his fourth personal foul, his fourth personal foul 49 seconds into the third quarter. That is the second half. And then he goes on to not play the next 14 minutes in 46 seconds. No more of the third quarter in a playoff game. It's your fourth personal foul. He only finished with four personal fouls. You don't get five. This isn't high school or college. You get six. Nate McMillan, very interesting decision to not play him the rest of the third quarter and not start with him out there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, a quarter in which you did get dominated. And above my head right now is the playing time for John Collins and the entire Hawks team. The blue slash black bars when they're playing, the red bars when they're off the court. So obviously John Collins starts. Let's show you right here. This is the third quarter. 
This is the third quarter bar. You can see this very small one. That is 49 seconds of play, and then he does not check back in. This red bar the entire third quarter. This fourth quarter, he does not start. He does indeed play the final eight and a half minutes, but John Collins only played nine minutes and 14 seconds in the fourth quarter, and it was all because he picked up a personal foul early on. I get it. Four personal fouls is a lot for one of your better players, but at the same time, taking him off the court and replacing him with Solomon Hill minutes, replacing him with minutes of guys like Bogdanovich getting more run who are clearly banged up and hampered and not giving you much down low like a John cons can especially from an offensive rebounding standpoint maybe that wasn't the exact crucial point they could have still scored in the fourth quarter but that is a very big turning point overall during that time you ended up seeing the bucks go on a 7-0 run and then later on the 25-7 run started in the fourth quarter so a head scratcher there and one that might not get as talked about but since you're here with your boy we're gonna motherfucking talk about it. i touched on it earlier with pat connington but atlanta did go small ball clink capella did not play in the fourth quarter that is zero minutes in the fourth quarter they went with a lineup to close out this game called the final six minutes where they could not score much bogdanovich kevin horter bogdanovich who was struggling three of 16 kevin horter who has not been the kevin horter of the phillies game seven series since that game trey young who did not do much at all no points in that final 552 after hitting a shot john collins finally gets on the court actually one of the only guys to play well in the fourth quarter and then gallo closed out about the final five minutes or so so that was the lineup that they went with gallo was their big if you will you can say john clowns was the five gallo was the four but they went small ball to try and force some offense and what does that mean it means that they have five shooters on the court john clowns can shoot the three gallo definitely can obviously trey hoarder and bogdanovich can shoot the three clint capella cannot so you have just more weapons more versatility more chances at distribution of the ball to get your open looks the problem is when they had those open looks they weren't making them but something to point out though as they did try and go small ball here that's at least now in the formula to see more small ball which means less clint capella which means potentially less bobby portis and Brooke Lopez on the opposite side of that one. Final things to point out in terms of the guard rotation off the bench. You can see it right here. I have Lou Williams at 12 minutes and Cam Reddish at two. Honestly, Cam Reddish might be able to go back to zero. Reddish did not play in this game. And after the game, they asked Nate, Nate McMillan about it. And he basically said, yeah, he's available to play out there, but we just kind of don't need him right now. We don't need to push him. I get that. He does give you a little bit more versatility than a Solomon Hill, for example. Solomon Hill is not somebody I would want to be playing out there. I have Solomon Hill. You don't see it right now, but on the screen projected now for eight minutes of play, I'd rather give 10 minutes to Cam Reddish and zero to Solomon Hill in terms of a versatility standpoint the only thing that Hill has over Reddish right now is not a ceiling it's just size and honestly I'll take Reddish if he's relatively healthy there but that's what you're getting out of Reddish that's why he didn't play they just kind of planned for that to happen and Lou Williams does play more minutes 18 minutes his minutes next to Trey were terribly as they always are defensively he was minus 12 overall expect less minutes in game four as I project him now for 12 instead of the 18 that he saw in game three so there's the full run on the screen I'm giving Bogdanovich 32 I'm giving Gallo 27 right now and I'm giving Oniko who played well in the second half the center that might allow them to just go with him next year trade away Clint Capella at some point he has played very well in the postseason Oniko I'm giving eight minutes of play my overall interest from this team from the Hawks team right now are going to be one Trey Young two Clint Capella three Bogdanovich who is getting more run eventually going to start shooting four Gallinari five John Collins and six Kevin Horder I will say though that Anika is arguably the best pump play on the slate he is only going to play Oniko Okungawa. I only have him playing right now eight minutes of play, but he's only $1,000. If he ends up playing eight to 10 minutes and he can do what he has been doing, pick up a block, pick up two rebounds, pick up six points, well, that's 10 fantasy points in a showdown slate. It's not the worst thing to happen. That being said, though, I only have him projected for like seven fantasy points today. So just keep in mind that this is just a pure punt on the fact that if he scores 10 points, it lets you get all the other studs in. But Trey Young would be the priority if indeed healthy and playing. Other than that, though, just like it was for game three, the Bucks are the priority here. I have much more interest in the star, quote unquote, 
quote players of the Bucks, their big three plus Pat Connington as the reserve player. But the depth of Atlanta at least looks more appealing. Give me Bogdanovich, Gallo, Kevin Horder over a Bryn Forbes and then a Bobby Portis and a PJ Tucker, right? But that's where we're at right now from a DFS perspective. That's where we're at from a, a betting perspective, the over. But to finish it up in terms of the other prop, I have Trey Young right now on the other end of this prop. We have the Pat Connington over points. Trey Young over eight and a half assists. I have Trey Young today for 10.1 assists. So I'm actually projecting him for a double double. So 10.1 assists. We'll take the over eight and a half assists on Trey Young. Hopefully he is, he is healthy and out there so it doesn't limit us. So you can take that down below. You can use that code SAL, limited time only during the postseason to get a free match, free money, free betting credits. Why not use it while it's lasting right now? They're trying to give you a promotion to get you to come to that platform. If you want to stay on that platform, you can, or you can just take advantage of the promotion while you're there. Use the code SAL when you deposit to take advantage of that. So thank you for tuning in today. I'll see all you crazy motherfuckers in the next one. We'll be live later today to answer your questions. And then we got like a week or two left. The NBA Finals started on the 8th, and then it's just NFL season, baby. Once July comes, three to five times a week NFL videos. Once August comes, there's going to be four to five games a week. That is right, August 12th. August 5th is the first NFL preseason game. But August 12th starts four to five days a week, Thursday to Monday, depending on the week of NFL preseason games. We're going to be breaking them down. We're going to be having live streams. We're going to be having motherfucking parties. We're going to be having shit going on in the Discord. We're going to be having stuff going on on Patreon for everybody in that community to get your edge to keep up on the news, who's actually playing. It's going to be the biggest edge season in all of fantasy sports and all of sports betting. The preseason where you can't make projections because nobody who knows who the fuck's playing for a quarter or two quarters. All you have to do is put your nose to the ground and grind your motherfucking ass off. And we're going to be doing it. So get in on Patreon down below. Join the community. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We're like a month away right now. Let's get it. Best of luck, everybody, today, and enjoy the rest of your day.